and we're back for another episode of Stream of Thought, episode number 139. We kick things off with a little hijinks on Rix's end that has to do with some keys that he could not find. We segue into some Amazon snafus that I experienced when ordering a few products. I'm sure you also experienced the same thing. And then we go ahead and transition into my Windows troubleshooting. As someone who predominantly uses a Mac, some of the troubles that I came across while troubleshooting and just how annoying it was. If it isn't difficult enough... To deal with problems at home, Victor has plenty of problems to deal with at work. And then, of course, as we're talking about work and crazy experiences, and maybe a little bit of rebellion, I share my story about my Target experience and when I got shafted and what I did in response. And then, finally, it's about the people at the top, leadership and the ability to bring people together, to listen in right ways. And we talk about a couple of times, uh, not so right. So, with that, episode number 139 of Stream of Thought, we hope you enjoy. Obviously, I'm getting ready to leave, and I thought this would be the most interesting part of my trip to the office and the studio, was as I'm leaving, there's a UPS truck that is literally parked blocking the driveway, the the full driveway exiting my parents' driveway. Dude, I fucking hate that when I leave my apartment and there's a UPS or FedEx truck, because I usually leave my apartment right when I'm supposed to to go to work. And I just, I don't, you know me, I hate when things obstruct my flow. And so I'm going out, go ready to go in the car, and there's a truck blocking me in. Yeah, so it's there for probably probably about five minutes, so it's not, but the driver was like MIA, maybe he was in the back of the, the uh, truck or whatever trying to figure out what package he had to bring in, but he was there for about five minutes, and so I end up uh, going inside and being like, okay, so I'm not sure if he's waiting at the door or something to have a package signed for, go in, still not there, go back out to the car, and finally at that point, He's exited his UPS truck with a massive, very heavy package that he ends up delivering and then leaves there. So I'm like, oh, okay, fine. An extra seven minutes on my time as I, I'm telling Victor that I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. Well, half half that time is gone already. So end up getting to the office and I'm like, you know, in the back of my mind, I vaguely recall when I got home from work yesterday, when I took my keys out of my pocket... I could have sworn that there was there was a loose key in there. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. So I get to the office, and I put in one of the keys, which fits, in, but it's not turning. So it's the wrong key. And I'm like, shit, okay, but there's only one of these keys. There's my house key, my car key, the mailbox key, my storage locker key, and then no office key. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then it registers. And I think to myself, shit, was I smart enough subconsciously to take it out and put it in my bag, the little duffel bag that I carry with me, all my stuff in? Like, was I smart enough to just reflexively put it in there and in in intention of putting it back on the key, not knowing that it was the, the office key? So I pour everything out all over the floor in the hallway. And because there's so much crap in here that I have no idea if it's buried deep down under a crevice or something. So I end up unloading all the stuff from my bag and it's not there. And then it clicks and I'm like, 
it was in my pocket and I didn't take it out. Oh shit. Because I hang up my clothes afterwards too. And I'm like, if I, if I flipped it around and put it on a coat hanger like that, it's entirely possible it could have fallen out somewhere. So here, simultaneously realizing that there's no way I can get into the studio, <laughs> in addition to not knowing if I'd be able to find the key, then I call you and I'm just like, okay, well, here's the deal. End up going back home. And thank God, luckily, it was still there. It was stuck. It was stuck in a fold <laughs> of my pants pocket, even upside down, that it didn't come out. And I'm feeling around, and that sense of relief just washed over me. But then I'm looking back to the keychain that I have, and so you know, you, you normally have the the typical whatever. Apparently, the one that I'm yes. doing the office on is like super. No, that's super no bueno, crazy. man. That is no good. I know exactly what that is, and that it's, doesn't do uh, shit. Yeah, it's one of those things that you'll get at an apartment co- complex or something, like a super cheap, thin one that just pulls apart. And so I guess yep. as I pulled it out of my yep. pocket, it pulled apart the rings, and my key slipped off. So now, lesson learned: no harm, no foul. We're still able to record this podcast, and I found my key. But it's uh, it's definitely a lesson learned, and. Oh, talk about talk about a fun way to start off a <laughs> podcast recording. I've had that happen to me with my work keys. I just have two keys. I have a master key and I have a key that just goes to the front doors to lock. And I've had that where I have the super thin keychain or the super thin, you know, metal ring and I have it on uh one of those, you know, carabiners that I keep on the loop right. of my pants. And one time I had, like, I don't know what I did. I think I never bothered to take it off my pants. I just twisted my body and just unlocked a door real quick. Or I did something. I don't know what it was. But I felt I felt a snag, and I felt resistance. And then I heard, like, that ping sound oh, that metal yeah. makes. And then I look, and my keys were in one key was in the door and i hear one key hit the ground and then the metal thin ring was pretty much completely almost a straight wow. line because it snagged yeah, and the whole thing totally. popped off and those keys are very important and so eventually i was able to find a real uh metal ring but yeah those are no good that is an accident and you know what the, the irony of all of this is so it's my brother's birthday this weekend What's and that? I got him, I don't know if you've ever heard of these. They're called tile, tile finders. They're, they're very small that is. Um, devices that it, it can track your keys, uh, it can track your wallet, it can track uh, various other things. So I got him this four pack of these tile finders. It's like the, the best brand or whatever. And I, I didn't even realize this, but my brother had had one on his keys already, but the, the battery dies. I think it lasts for a year, year and a half. And then you got to replace them. So I got him um, one of those things. Like it's, it literally looks like a little credit card that you just slip in your wallet. And if you misplaced your wallet and it's uh, within 150, 200 feet, activate it on your phone. It'll start beeping loudly, and you'll be able to find it. So it's uh, uh, for my brother, somebody who tends to misplace things every once in a while. Uh, in addition to that, there's the one that goes on the keys, and then there's, like, I think this is the coolest little part. There's two little dots, maybe the size of a dime, that you can stick on anything. You can stick on your phone. You can stick on, oh, um, like, cool. an individual key or something like that, and it'll do the exact same thing. But it's super versatile. Um, so I'm just like... After after giving my brother a present of finding keys, I happened to lose my own. I'm just like, how poetic, how poetic of a situation is this? 
That that yeah, losing. I was uh, earlier today. I was looking for my uh, my blade, my safety razor that I use for work, and I can't remember. Oh, because I was trying to open up an Amazon package, which I returned and replaced my wireless chargers, so I now have the Apple brand. Congratulations. Good for you. Just extremely disappointed with the other. I should have known better. But anyway, I spent just a few minutes, I was like trying to figure out where is my my blade, where is my blade, where is my blade, and I realized I'm looking for it, and I can open the package with a knife, but because I didn't know where it was, I needed to find it. And I could have spent 20 or 30 minutes looking for it. Luckily, I found it within five minutes. But I found myself, you know, whatever my priority was, I completely pushed that aside. My new priority was finding this safety razor, which in hindsight was not a priority (laughs) at all. But because I had misplaced it, I made it my mission to find it before I did anything else Mm -hmm. with my day. And that's a slippery slope. And I luckily I found it, but it's just aggravating when you don't know where something is. It doesn't matter if you need it right then or there. You could probably do without it. But because you don't know where it is, you stop everything that you're doing to try and find something that, again, in hindsight, really is not I have done that, that probably for up to three hours. And you just start – like you start literally tearing through <laughs> everything. And then by, by the end, you're just like, I yeah. created a mess. And I still am no closer to finding this device. Like I know where it's not now, so that's kind of good. But then I end up re-looking in those same yeah. places. Like maybe maybe I just wasn't looking right or whatever. So it's just like this cyclical effect. And yeah, up to three hours I've spent just – trying to find something that's not super important but i know that i would like to have and i know it's around somewhere and it frustrates me that i can't remember where i set it down but yeah yeah but um another uh thing that i did just the other day i have another uh amazon Uh snafu that happened so i had ordered the same time that i'd ordered the wireless charger i had ordered new wiper blades for my car and so finally yesterday, I decided, oh, let me just go out and put them on my car real quick. So I grab the package, and I start to open it up, and I take one out, and I'm like, okay, let me grab the other one. Uh, what the – wait. <laughs> God damn it. I brought a single pack, oh, not a double no. pack. And so that was one thing that happened. And I'm usually pretty good because when I buy stuff like that, I'm pretty good about reading the full description Making sure if something is a single pack or a double pack or a four pack or whatever it is, I make sure that the quantity is the quantity that I need. But it's just like, God damn it! now I need to wait another few days before the other blade comes in. On top of that, I had to replace the um, the caulk that was in my shower because it started to get oh. gross looking and it just needed yeah. to be repaired. And so I look online, you know, what are the supplies that I need? Okay, safety razor, got that. Um you know, you're going to need a cock and a cock gun and whatever. So I, I order these things online and they come at different times. And so I, I get the cock gun perfect, which by the way, can cost anywhere from five to 200 or $300. What the fuck? Like I am not trying to spend 50 bucks or a hundred bucks on a cock gun they have some that are super heavy-duty, industrial. If you use it every single day, I would imagine maybe you know, that's why you would spend – invest two or $300 on one of them. I just need something real simple, simple rinky-dinky that I'm going to use right. one time. So I found one for $5. And then I find caulk, which I learned you need to get the 100% silicon. You can get clear or white. I chose clear. I opened up the package for the silicon. I'm just like, what the fuck? 
I didn't realize I had ordered like this little 10 ounce tube, not the oh, actual okay. large tube that would fit yeah. in the cock gun. Luckily, the 10 ounce tube was perfect. I didn't need any more than that. I probably could have used more if I just, you know, felt like it, but it worked out. But it's one of those things where, again, I have caught myself when I'm, or, I'm about to order something on Amazon and I realize that even though it will say the amount or the size of something, the picture doesn't always do it justice because I'm looking at the picture and in my brain I'm thinking it's a full size and it says 10 ounces. I should know better as an adult who's been on this earth now for 32 <laughs> years, but it just doesn't cross my mind because a lot of what you look at is just yeah. visual, right? And it was just – it was a little bit of a mind fuck. like, wait, wait, what? Uh, uh, damn it, Victor, you fucked this up again. And so it's like oh. – Darn well, it, I mean, if it's not something that you Is have it... to do on a regular basis, how you know, you can only do so much. Like, I feel like that's an acceptable right. mistake to make. That that I would I would agree, especially it's not my you know fixing things around the house is not my forte. It's something that I do every so often. And I remember my mom had asked me to cock around like the bathtub before we sold the house, and I just got upset. I didn't know what to do, and I was kind of thinking about that when I needed to do this. And so I watched a quick YouTube video on it because when I was at my house back in Glen Ellen, I didn't realize that you – the easiest way to do it is you take a safety razor, you you uh, slide it across the cock, and then you take a straight-edge razor to get all the extra little pieces out. You know, at my house in Glen Ellen, I'm just doing, you know, whatever the fuck I got this, and it was a huge mess. <laughs> and I didn't realize that when you put the cock down – when you put the cock down, I'm like running my finger across it and it's getting all sloppy. Little trick. You wet your finger in a little cup or a little bowl and then you run your finger across. Makes it a thousand times easier. Was, so it, was this via things. YouTube or was this uh, a website or did you just experiment? No, this is on just a quick YouTube video, like a five minute YouTube video on how to. Oh, I love YouTube. Stuff. I so, love YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is pretty, it is, it is is pretty good. Oh, you were going to say. Um, no, 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 no. I was just saying um as a placeholder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we're better than this. Epi uh, what, almost 140 episodes or 200, 140 episodes? Yeah, something like that. Well, a few times I catch myself and I stop and it just feels very I, awkward. I dread, but, I dread at know, this point because better. I've come to that point, especially doing the prayers during the pandemic to remove, to try and remove those placeholders now. So I feel much more comfortable about my speaking ability. But it's not noticeable unless somebody does it an excessive yeah, amount of times. Over again. Because it's just a part of everyday uh, yeah, language. Yeah, it's going to happen. You know? But I'm, I am I dread looking back at some of our first episodes where I'm sure that – I know that there were a couple times when my mom had said something to the extent of the number of likes that I used and the number of ums that you used or something like that was just too distracting to listen to. Uh, granted, that was about three years ago, so – Things have changed, but then also when you're going, but when you notice it and you're listening to it, then it becomes distracting. Even if it's not that many times, it's you're hunting it, well, for it and you find it and you find it and you find it. And you it's find one it, of those things it. where once you see it, you can't unsee it, or once you hear it, you can't unhear it, yes. and it just becomes a little tick in the yes. back of your head. Uh, That's what it was like for me when we would have meetings at Aldi. Our district manager, she would always 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 be saying um i couldn't listen to anything that's all i could listen to because it was just so frequent that she would use it yeah speech patterns but anyway i have something else that you would appreciate 
So I'm getting my keyboard replaced on my uh, on my HP laptop because it's too distracting. And the shift key doesn't come up unless I take a knife or a screwdriver and pry it up. And the keys are just too crunchy. So I find a PC repair shop and I send them just my, you know, an, uh, an inquiry letter name. This is what's going on. He replies back saying, you know, we would need to, we can't clean it. We need to replace the keyboard. What is your make and model of your laptop? And on a Mac, I know exactly where to go. You go in the top left corner of the Apple you click the Apple, and it's right there, about this Mac. And it tells you everything you need to know about this particular laptop. PC, not the exact no. same. Completely different. And why it's so difficult, I, know, I mean, it's really not that difficult. But I look on YouTube, how is it that I look this information up? And they're like, oh, you go down to the window, right-click, run as administrator. This window pops up. What the fuck is this? I am not a computer engineer. Why does this window pop up looking like it's neat, Like I need to enter some fucking matrix code <laughs> yes. to get a simple piece of information? And it's like you're going to type in bias space WMIC or some shit like that, space, get, space, serial, enter. And I'm looking at this thing. And I'm like, what the hell? And sure enough, it gives me this information. But it's just so – for somebody who does not know – not only just familiar with PC, but you can you could utilize PC and not be familiar with coding or whatever language computers speak. But it was just somewhat intimidating, and I found it to be extremely just – inconvenient that that information is not readily available within two clicks of a mouse why can't i just right click get information or hit one button get information it's this whole you know enter these formula formulas to get your serial and model number then i learn lo and behold that information is also displayed on the bottom of the computer. oh you, yeah i was gonna say it's normally it's no, there's normally a sticker or something that shows what I think even this I was not this, aware uh, of that Chromebook that I'm on right now. I think this even has the specs. I'm learning a few, I'm learning a few things every day, and for whatever reason, it displayed only part of my model number. It didn't display the whole thing. And had I not known it was also on the bottom of the computer, I would have been like, "What the hell?" Or had given him the wrong model or a partial model number. Yeah, I'm actually. But anyway, as somebody who uses Mac, slowly, I am building up slightly higher tolerance for PC protocol. <laughs> the ridiculousness of PC culture. Yeah. No, I don't blame you, man. I mean, it. I, I do have to say, though, I understand computers so much better of, like, how things work in relationship to another just because I've been raised on PC and Windows. And so when I come across a Mac, like, you can't, you can't modify things the same way that you can with a PC. And my frustration is that it's almost too simple. And that you're kind of pigeonholed into a particular way of using something, and you can't do anything to change it. So I like I like the variation. I know my brother is a huge fan of being able to customize and modify and um, make make alterations to the the software of the computer and the hardware as well. But yeah, see that type of stuff doesn't even cross my mind. It's it is unimportant to me. <laughs> Which is why I never even think about I that. I always find it a challenge. But what would you customize? I don't even see. I don't even know how I would go about. Like, what do you customize? What are you talking about? There are programs that you have 
a lot of times for the Mac are kind of static programs. They they work in one way uh, totally. I'm thinking, well, okay, even, for example, the Premiere Pro, uh, the Adobe systems that I was using before, wouldn't work mm-hmm. on, a, on a Mac. Like, those are only compatible because it requires you to kind of connect various systems to the hard drive, which kind of take a manual thing. Plus, I was using, uh, after we stopped paying for it, uh, kind of maybe using a pirated version of Adobe for a little bit as well. So you get the, you get the nice. ability to be able to um, make the system work for you as opposed to you working for the system. I guess that's the, the best way that I can think about it. Okay. That is it's, the easiest you know, way to I mean, you like You yes. like having control over what your computer does. I mean, right now, my, my new Pavilion HP, like, I don't have a Microsoft Office on there. I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to pay a subscription for it. So, but I'm sh- I'm definitely certain that I can find a way to get Office on there. Whereas if I had a Mac, probably wouldn't be the same case. And I'm just more familiar. Bro, with it I have too, a so. I have Final Draft on my computer. Final Draft is uh, is a program that you use for writing scripts. Oh. I think it's almost like a thousand dollars or something. I got that shit for free. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too is that extension. You know? So, like Microsoft Word, for example, you can you can import different um, formats for your Word documents or your Excel sheets and stuff like that. Anybody can create them. Anybody can upload them to the web, and anybody can download them and add them for whatever particular specific need they have at the moment. So it's kind of nice to have that flexibility that I don't find with a Mac. So it's kind of like how back in the day when people had MySpace, if they could make it look super, just super custom, like extremely customized, super fluid, according to whatever their taste is. But with Facebook, you log in and it's face. It is what it is. You can't really that change That is such a millennial thing to say. I totally... <laughs> I totally agree. That is absolutely what it is. Whereas MySpace is, I mean, it doesn't really exist anymore. But ba- Bro, I always had, like, the most basic-ass MySpace. I'm like, how do these people make their MySpace, MySpace look so cool? Oh, man, I know. It was, it was phenomenal. But I think that that parallel runs, like, with the longevity and the frustration people felt with MySpace. So they just went to Facebook as to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a totally accurate comparison. I love that. I love that. Good. That ex- that paints a picture. That, that explains that is so, so much true. more. I'm I'm happy that I was able to think of that. Uh, no, that no one younger than 25 is going to know what we're talking about, though. So. <laughs> People are going to be like MySpace. They're going to know that that was something that was kind of like Facebook, but faded yeah, yeah. out. Like My it's goodness. it's a historical relic of the past. All right, changing gears. I have an update on what on some shit that went down at the store the other day. So get this, bro. So. Wow. So I go on my lunch break. And usually when I go on my lunch... Because in California, you get uh, uh, two 15-minute breaks that are paid and one 30-minute unpaid uh, lunch. And I think in Illinois, it's the same thing with the exception that you can forgo the 30-minute unpaid lunch and just combine your two 15-minute breaks so that you get paid for eight hours and you're only spending eight hours of your time somewhere as opposed to getting paid for eight hours and spending eight and a half hours of your time okay. somewhere. Yeah, I know. That makes sense, sense so far. Okay. So I usually eat part of my meal on my first 15-minute break and then eat the rest of it on my last 15-minute break. And during my 30-minute unpaid lunch, 
I typically will go out to my car and just, you know, take a quick nap or meditate. And so I'm in the parking lot. My lunch is finished. I'm walking back into the building. As I'm about to walk into the building, my head cashier is like, oh, uh, you know, Victor, this customer would like to talk to you. The first thing I think of is, fuck that. I'm clocking in. I don't do shit unless Mm -hmm. I'm on the clock, right? And I say, I need to go clock clock back in. I'll help you out in a second. And so I leave. I'm going, going, going. I'm walking to the store. As I get near the back door to go into the back room and go clock uh, clock back in, I start to hear a little bit of a ruckus, and I hear some yelling. And my first instinct is, Victor, keep walking, mm-hmm. right? I'm not turning around and involving myself in some bullshit unless I'm <laughs> getting paid. Now, I clock back in. I come back out because I have to walk to the other side of the store from where the entrance is. And so I come back, and I'm just like, what the hell just happened? And there's a bunch of yelling. Some people are standing around, and this dude is like, hey, Victor, Victor, the guy that wanted to talk to me. He's like, hey, man, hey, man, I don't appreciate this. I'm like, what is going on? So I go outside, and I talk to him real quick. And he tells me, hey, I, I came in here. I drove a long distance. I didn't have a mask. I just bought one thing. I already had my thing purchased. As I'm walking out, your security guard is telling me I'm not allowed back here. I have to wear a mask. Don't come back. And he hit me. He hit me in the face. And I'm thinking that does – no. There's something missing. There's something missing because our security guard is not like that. He wouldn't just hit him in the face. Right. And he's like, I'm, I want to press charges. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Well, you know, you're certainly entitled to do whatever it is that you, uh, that you feel that you need to do. Like, tell me what, what happens again. I'm trying to get all the details straight. And so he tells me. And then the police show up right away. I'm like, thank goodness for this. So the police show up. He starts talking to the police. I immediately go into the office to look at the camera to see what the heck just happened. So I'm looking at the cameras, looking at the cameras. And again, remember, he told me, I bought this item. I'm, wa- I'm about to walk out. Your security guard tells me to wear a mask. I told him I didn't have one. I already bought my item. I'm leaving. He tells me I'm not welcome back, whatever it was. And, and he says he hit me in the face. What he didn't tell me, which the security cameras did, it's amazing how much a security camera can tell you just purely visual yeah. without any type yeah. of audio. And so you see you see him about to leave, and the security goes up and talks to him. And you see right away in his body language, like, he gets pissed off. The customer gets pissed off. And so – and now, granted, the security guard, absolutely no reason to say anything to, say anything to this guy to begin with because he's already about to walk out the door. You're just right? asking for trouble. And so – yes, yes. And so what he does is he's standing there. And he says, remember, he hit me in the face. I want to press charges. He slapped me in the face. I'm watching the camera. This customer is standing there, and you can see in his body language, he's, like, pretty pissed off and trying to intimidate the security guard. And then he's standing there, and he does one of those where he tries to make someone flinch. He's standing there, and then he goes like this. Like, he flinches. He tries to make the guy flinch. He raises his fist like he's about to hit him in the face. And the security guard, out of instinct, just pushes his hand up 
and tries to like hit him in the face almost because that he without even thinking because he thought he was going to get punched in the face and so without thinking before he can even realize that the guy was just trying to be intimidating and make him flinch he has already gone through the action of putting his hand up near the guy's face now mind you he didn't hit him in the face he maybe brushed his nose with his finger just a mm-hmm. just a bit and then the the customer starts to walk towards him and the security guard keeps backing up backing up backing up and then a customer gets involved and you can see that this the other customer who's trying to be intimidating he's just pissed at the whole world he's just pissed at everyone and you can see a customer telling him like get out of here get out of here go and then you can see through the body language that customer goes up to that lady and is like, oh, you want a piece of me? You want some of this bitch? You can see all of this in the body language. All these people start getting involved. Meanwhile, there's uh, Tony, this guy who's always outside asking for money, just standing there watching the whole thing. And then there's this <laughs> other guy, Ken, this courtesy clerk who had just recently parked one of those uh, – one of those electric scooters with the basket for like elder, yeah. elderly people. He's parked in the corner just watching the whole thing. <laughs> and then I walk up. I'm walking up like, what the fuck just happened? I miss all this. I walk up through, with all the commotion and then I see myself in the camera walking outside with the guy like, what just happened? And after all of this occurred, I thought to myself, you know what? Had I just stopped there and talked to the guy, I easily could have filled out a timesheet to adjust my clocking in and clocking out of lunch but in that moment i'm i was caught off guard fuck that i just want to go back get on the clock and could this have happened or could this have been prevented if i probably done my due diligence and stood there and listened to the guy and tried to figure out what was going on and then later adjusted my time with a timesheet probably but that's beside the point because it's just constant bullshit like this that is always happening now wait stuff like that always happens it's just constant bullshit. People getting pissed off and other dumb that bullshit. Seems, that you know seems on saying? a scale not, of, not, like, 1 to 10, probably, like, a, a 6 or a 7, which is pretty darn high for a... Not, not like, fistfights, but just people being irrational and letting their emotions <laughs> dictate their actions. Just dumb shit. People that operate at a low frequency and are just a bunch yeah. of fucking idiots. This is why I hate people so much. <laughs> so I show the police the camera, and they're like, wait, 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 wait. Was that it? Was this Was this just it? I'm like, yeah. You see he didn't hit him. He, like, barely brushed his face. He's like, okay, this is all we need to see. And you can tell – I could tell that through the the police, they, they got his version of the story. And once they saw the camera, you could tell they kind of rolled their eyes like, oh, my goodness. Like, this guy's making it seem to be a much larger case than it should be. And then on a side note, I don't know if I mentioned you to the, uh, mentioned this before. But it's just such bullshit. I walked into Ralph's the other day, and this dude, the security dude, is big. He's inti- he, he was nice, but he's big. He's intimidating. He's got a fucking pistol on one side. He's got handcuffs on the other. He's got mace. He's ready to fuck someone up if they're Damn. trying to cause trouble. Whereas the contract that Sprouts has is, is fucking some babysitter club bullshit where they're contractually only obligated to tell – one of us if someone is stealing we're not allowed to touch them we're not allowed to do shit so if someone wants to steal it's pretty much yeah go go right ahead go right ahead and steal because there's nothing that we can legally do about it and that's just all that shit that happens it's just like my goodness just the world of retail and this other bullshit lo and behold later that night like two or three hours later i hear a page victor to the front end victor the front end 
I walk up, this, you know, disheveled woman off the street has a bag and she's walking out and the security guard stopped her and I asked for her receipt and to op- to show the bag and she wouldn't do it. And I reach for the bag and she, she pulls it away and I think to myself, I could turn this into a you versus me and take out my frustrations and rip this bag off. But I'm just going to follow the rules. They say don't touch anybody. You know, if they want to be too cheap with security to let someone steal shit, then that's not my problem. So she stole, like, wine or something like that. But it just goes to show you, it's like, what are we doing? If you're going to hire a company for, quote, unquote, security, and their only job is to go up to management and say, hey, this person is stealing, like, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? It's just constant babysitting all fucking day long which is why yesterday when you said hey um i need more time and then when you were ready i was like i'm too tired i said to myself fuck going to work on saturday i'm not going in i'm taking another day off and it's so boring on saturdays anyway for me so that's an update as to what's going on in my life at wow talk about like what impact is this having on your like mental health because <laughs> it can't be good <laughs> i see i see it in your eyes right now just the like i'm so done with this i i i get that sense it's one of those situations where you ask your where your you being a rational individual is just so out of this world that that if you make an attempt to operate within the parameters of of what normal is, you drive yourself crazy. Because everything and everyone else doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you know what? It's weird, because I was actually reflecting on this. It was either yesterday or two days ago. And I was thinking to myself, you know, with all the weird shit that we're seeing with the, the state of the country right now, and it's kind of on full display, crazy's on full display, and... I just kept going back to a line. I I forget where this comes from, but it was something that my dad always said is that you can't fix stupid. I mean, stupid has no political affiliation. No, I stupid is stupid stupid does stupid does. It's its own category. Like you can you can gussy it up and try and get support of people from various factions of our fragmented society right now. But when it comes down to it, like people who are bad people are going to be bad people regardless of uh, all those other factors. It's just you know, the the lack of self-awareness is something that has just, it, it's been something I've had to reflect on as well, <laughs> especially doing this whole prayers during the pandemic and hearing some of the stories going on during the, the protests and all that. It's just people, people are out of control right now, and it feels like they're running the show more than rational sane people are because most rational sane people don't want to have to engage with it. It's just too much. Yeah. And then, uh, Side note, but kind of similar. I, I think I told you this maybe the two episodes ago or last episode when I was going on my whole rant. Uh, how one of the head cashiers, the reason that I ended up working at this location was because the other, the person who has the same position as me that was at the store but is now at my store wouldn't schedule this one lady because she would just call off and not show up. So she so she stopped scheduling her for five days and would schedule her for only three or four days. And as a result, she, I guess, to my understanding, 
would call her racist and that she was being prejudiced against her and that's why she was not getting the shifts but in reality it's because she's not showing up to work or doing the things that she's supposed to do and then i found out from one of the other head cashiers that this lady calls off at least you know once or twice a week and 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 also people in other departments like oh if i don't want to go to work if i can't i'll just no i'll just call off you know just i've called off of work uh like a few times but whenever i do it i'm always extremely hesitant and it makes takes me like 20 or 30 minutes to make my decision as to whether or not i'm going to call off and it's never because i just don't want to go it's usually because i have an opportunity to go do something awesome and i always follow the rules and i always do what i'm supposed to do and fuck it i'm going to take this opportunity to go do something fun and so I was like, fuck it. If this is the direction that things are going, you know, like I said last episode or two episodes ago, you can try and be awesome and you can try and, you know, be the best. But when you're surrounded by stupidity, you're just going to burn your wheels and just burn yourself out mentally. And so that's another reason why it's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to call off and just not show well, up on a Saturday. Well, yeah, and I think that that, so. that, I mean, is probably the most mature and appropriate response that you could have. I mean, I, I'm that same attitude, too. I... Like, even through school, right, the only time I ever missed school uh, was because I was sick. Like, I ever had an appointment or something like that. Never, never ditched, never just didn't go to school because I didn't want to. Um, and then every job that I've had, every single time, I would always show up. And there's only, I think there's only three times in my life that I can remember working where I didn't show up out of a personal frustration or animus towards whatever the situation was. The first time that I had ever done something like this was back when I was in at Drake University and I was working at Target right before I went to seminary in New York City. And it was over the summer. So I was only going to be there for like four or five months at the most, you know, end of school through summer. And I, I may have forgotten to mention that when they were hiring me. And so they were looking at me as a possible long-term employee and. Oh, I remember this a little bit. Keep going. And I so like this. Here, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of fun target stories, but this one, it was one of those things where I like, it was only maybe a month into working there that I won employee of the week for just like being a, an efficient cashier, checking people out when they needed to like, I, you know, every, everyone, I had a couple, a couple of people come up and say, you are just the most amazing cashier. Where's your manager? I just want to say how great you are. And so like, there was all this, it was like, oh yeah, no, he's, he's a, he's a keeper right there. He's a keeper, not knowing that I was going to be gone in <laughs> a couple of weeks after. So within about a month and a half, within like six weeks or so, I got, ended up, uh, promoted to the electronics department of the store. And this was about the time that I was preparing for my move from the Midwest out to New York City. And it was a week after I'd been working at the electronics department where I put in, I, I you know, they say the two-week notice or whatever. But I think that I had given them like a month heads up or something like that, wise or not. I just thought it would be good for them to know that, uh, that I wasn't going to be there for much longer. And so literally within two days later, they moved me back to cashier. They they demoted me <laughs> upon hearing that and totally changed my schedule because my schedule had been set. 
they normally set schedules about two weeks in advance, and they totally, within a couple of days, changed the following uh, couple of days to, like, fit back with the, the cashiers. I was so pissed because I, I loved working electronics. It was the easiest thing I got to... If I remember correctly, they... They fucked you over, and as a result, you just stopped showing up to work. When in reality, all they had to do was just let you keep working in the electronics department or put you back as cashier and not fuck with your schedule, and everything so would have been cool. That is that is pretty much what happened, where it it was much shorter than, than that. It was like a one-day protest where, uh, with my new schedule, I was scheduled to come in the next day and just work as a cashier for the next couple, however many weeks I was going to be there. And here uh, no one was really communicating with me either they just changed it without giving an explanation as to why and so but i knew why i think we all know why and so just like fuck it okay, yeah whatever i i was so mad that i was just like i'm not gonna show up i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna show up uh for one day one one day yeah. and so i think i'm off the the following day afterwards and so i came in it's like a tuesday that i was supposed to work so i just didn't show up tuesday i had wednesday off and then thursday i came in and my uh, the punch key for my login code to to ch- check in, clock in was disabled, and I was just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and so I ended up talking to a manager, and I have to say, it probably one of the smoothest moves that I pulled was they're like, "Oh, well, we thought that you were gone. You were gone off to to graduate school. We we thought that you were done working here when you didn't show up on Tuesday." I was like, "No, no, I'm still here for a couple more weeks." Uh, I, you know, with, with the schedule changes, I didn't know what my, my schedule was. So I just came in on the, the day that I had been originally scheduled. So I've, I'm so sorry that I just didn't get a chance to do that. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll fix that. So within a half an hour, they got my, uh, my login code and I stayed there as a cashier for another two or three weeks. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was probably one of the, the biggest things where I was just like, fuck you. I'm just not going to show up. Like, you you're you're fucking with my schedule. You're fucking with my position because you know that I'm not going to be around. Despite the fact that I am one of the best employees at that store, what do you expect? Really, no communication. You're just going right. to pull this. And I don't know. There there have only been a handful of times, like two or three other instances, where I've just gotten so fed up with the way that uh, they respond after showing that I'm a valued employee for them to kind of just say. We're going to give you the middle finger, but we're not going to tell you we're giving you the middle finger. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. And then when I do, it's just like, right, not right. That's not cool. So, yeah, when I was working downtown Chicago, there was there was a a summer where I played hooky three times because I couldn't stand my boss. He was so (laughs) fucking annoying. And most of the time, whenever I've just not gone to work in the office setting, it doesn't matter. I just didn't go because he was driving me nuts but then in a setting where like there's shifts like at aldi glen ellen for whatever reason i would always make sure at least my shift was covered if i didn't go to work that someone would pick it up so that you don't fuck over other people and the and then but when i was at aldi and alhambra there were a few times where i just didn't show up at the same time it was the same scenario like i'm not going to come in bust my ass when everybody else like doesn't give a shit like it's so it's tricky because there's that period of time where you come in and then shortly thereafter you learn the ropes and you know exactly how things run and operate and why they run and operate that way and it's because the person at the top is sloppy and doesn't give a shit and as a result everyone else is sloppy and doesn't give a shit why would you put in a bunch of effort if you're not going to yield uh the proper results 
But anyway, um, yeah, it's just it's you can't help but just take a breath, roll your eyes, and say, "Fuck it, all right." I guess this is how things well, work it, here. Yeah, it, I. I... I do not disagree with that at all, but I will say, and I don't know if you've had this experience where you've had a really good employer, somebody who like empowers you and helps you and stuff like that. And I just think to my, like for all the the crap experiences that I've had working at various jobs over the past decade and a half or so that at uh, BASF, when I was working there with the uh, customer service, I remember there was a period where it was weird. It was kind of disorganized. The customer service area was disorganized. People would show up um, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes late to their job, but then they'd, but then they would stay there for another half an hour after their shift was supposed to end, and they'd continue. So that was kind of the, the approach that I took because I saw everybody else in the customer service department being like showing up 15 minutes late every day, but, but then staying there for another 20, 25, 30 minutes to, to finish work that they were doing. So, I mean, they were putting in actually more time than they were doing, but it wasn't following the regimented thing. And the current head of the customer service department wasn't really enforcing it or wasn't really doing anything. But then the person who was training me, Susan, who ended up taking over uh, a split, split role as the lead of the customer service department, I uh, there was one day when I came in. I think it was about ten, fifteen minutes late, as as per usual. And she she did not she did not chastise me. She did not um, yell at me or reprimand me or anything like. She just said, "Hey, so I've noticed you've been coming in a little bit late. I noticed that that's kind of something that's going on in the customer service department. Just just so you know, as we're." Uh, making this trend uh, the leadership transition and i'm going to be taking over part of the, the customer service department i expect you to to follow what your your schedule is to show up um a couple minutes or you know be in your seat and be prepared to be working by the time that you're actually starting your job and it was said in such a non-confrontational way non-judgmental not like just this is the way that it's going to be and that gave me because I always felt this guilt of having – there was always something to do, so I always felt like I had to stay after and spend a couple extra minutes doing stuff to finish it up. And that kind of – she's like, you know, mm -hmm. follow within there. Don't stay afterwards and just show up on time. Like, stay within that. There's always going to be work for you to do tomorrow, so don't worry about it. And it was that kind of leadership that reoriented the entire – and from that day – because I think she went around and talked to a bunch of other people in customer service, and she said – more or less the same thing and from that day on every single person showed up like five minutes early and then left when they were supposed to like they they packed up and left and it was it the the reorganization and the structure changed within a matter of a week where people were like okay like you you were not confrontational you were not being mean or chastising us or abusing us or anything you're just like hey like I expect you to follow the right. rules and I'm going to guide you and give you this feedback before things kind of get out of control. If you can accept that, good. Like we're we're not going to have a problem. And from from that day forward, things just totally changed. So so you can fix well, I shouldn't say they're all stupid, but <laughs> uh, yeah, things can be a perfect example of how things can be adjusted or changed in a positive exactly. way. Exactly. No, it is possible, and I think that it's it's a good leader. But it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like things in that department were sloppy or half-assed. No, it was just, 
the fact that they just kind of showed up late and stayed a little bit late. It's just a minor, minor adjustment right. need to be made. But still, any any good That's leader, good. when when you have the ability to kind of sh- lead by example, um, I mean, the, and to to acknowledge the humanity of your subordinates. I think that's probably the biggest thing because she treated all of us like human beings who had lives and who had families and who had uh, other responsibilities outside of work, very flexible, all that. So there was compassion, but there was also a very um, structured environment that it's like we all need to work Mm -hmm. together in harmony, in unison to make the best experience for everyone possible. So have you had an experience where you've had a, a like a really stellar leader over your life at all? Somebody who you see as, like, a role model? So, I'm trying to think... I'm trying to think in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Karen at Aldi was really awesome. My <clears> store <throat> manager at Aldi. She was. She's probably one of the best bosses that I've ever had. And also, Beth at the Naperville Park District was also really, really cool. Because what I really... the The people that I really respect and admire are there people who are like all right let's just get the work done no complaining if if there's something going on you know you can talk to me let me know but like let's just get shit done and like there was uh what's it um repris- rep what's it repris- <laughs> I, i'm getting my tongue twisted rep repris- Re- reciprocity reciprocal but rep reciprocity that's what it was i was like fuck, we, we I are keeping that in by the way there was reciprocity. There was yeah, no. There was reciprocity. There was give and take. I would stay. I would stay late to help out, even though if I didn't want to. But she would let me leave early or adjust my schedule, and everything was copacetic. Copacetic. Uh, so there was her nice. and Beth well was also really yeah. So there was her and Beth, but that's. I mean, those are the only people that stand out as far as work yeah, goes. Yeah. No, I mean it. It is kind of hard to find uh, good leaders. That. But I cannot give an ounce of respect to anybody who does not follow common sense i understand that there are certain practices put in place by a corporate entity saying this is how things should get done and there are people who will not or who will not think for themselves who will follow that text to the t regardless of whether or not how inefficient it is. And then there are people who acknowledge the fact that the text and practices are written by people who have never spent five minutes in the position that they are writing the protocol and practices for and say, fuck this, we're going to do it this way because we still get the shit done and it's a thousand times more efficient. Those are the people I respect. Well, I can can empathize with the frustration that you're feeling right now because – we're we're reaching a new uh, a new drama situation with the Progressive Catholic Church and the the presiding bishop. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've talked about how they're still they're still only communicating through Facebook. But and I by the way the the private Facebook group where the clergy is I probably haven't been on that in about like three months since I joined it. But uh, mm-hmm. now there's this thing where. The presiding bishop, like, threw a temper tantrum on that page, which I still haven't seen, about how people weren't filling out forms of what they've done for ministry for the past month. And my first thought is, well, first of all, like, they're not emailing us the form. It's only available on that Facebook page. So it's like, like, and then to get angry about 
people not filling it out, it's like, well... Facebook, Facebook, we got to use Facebook. And Facebook. I, I, I was actually thinking about this because we've talked a little bit about before, like the insanity of some of a professional organization, a religious institution, not using email and only using Facebook for for any business that's being done. And I was thinking to myself, there's a reason for that. And I, he doesn't listen, and he'll never listen, so it doesn't really matter. Um, he's he's an egomaniac an egomaniac who likes to have control of the entire situation. And I'm like, well, Facebook, like with email, once an email is sent, you can't delete other people's emails. You can't get rid of things that people have received, but you can control the flow of information on a Facebook page where if you don't like something, you can just get rid of it and pretend like it never existed. You can boot people from the group. I never thought of that. It's total control, total control. And just thinking to myself, that that makes entire sense for somebody who is so egomaniacal that they cannot stand criticism, that they cannot stand whatever. And so any complaints that are ever posted, because we don't have an official email list, are only done on Facebook, instantly deleted. You just pretend like it never existed. Boot them from the group. Rewriting and history. It's, like, it's, it's creating his own alternative reality. And I think the fear of doing an, something like an email would would totally remove his power to be able to shape the narrative that he wants for himself. How how uh, ironic it is that an individual like this is a part of the Catholic Church and putting in such practices in the 21st century as they have for the last <laughs> millennia. Right. <laughs> it, the, I, I, yeah. It, the, quite yeah, becoming. Quite, quite becoming, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really surprise me. But, yeah, it's uh, one of those things where it's just I don't – you know, I I think that there's a reason why people act the way that they do to maintain their power. But it's it just – it can frustrate the hell out of me because just like what? I mean – and the thing too, here's like the, the cherry on top of this shit Sunday that I, I love to talk about is that – yeah. We have to fill out – it's like a two- or three-page thing where it talks about things that are totally irrelevant to people who do not have an actual church building to work out. So how many daily masses are you doing? How many people are in attendance? Are you live streaming it? How many people are watching live stream? Like, it's asking all the wrong questions, and I guarantee you 90 – I would say 90% chance he does not read – the presiding bishop, who is demanding and throwing a temper tantrum about not receiving these reports, does not read them. He doesn't even, uh, for somebody who likes to take credit for the Police to Priest podcast that Joe and I are doing, he's listened to, like, a, he actually just downloaded his first episodes uh, about a week and a half ago. Because you can see the the states that it's from. He's out of South Carolina. And the first time I've ever seen downloads from South Carolina came, like, a week and a half ago. But before then, I mean, he was taking credit for it, but he had never actually listened to an episode from Police to Priest. And it's just like, what? I, I... How did this guy get into the position that he's in? You would think that people above him can sense his bullshit. Or do you think they just don't care? They just need someone to he's fill a, the position? He, he, politics he are be behind a very it charismatic what? individual uh but he has uh he recognizes people's talents and abilities and says let me empower you because other church denominations or other catholic factions 
have rejected you, and so we're welcoming you all into this, but you gotta do what I say, and that's it. And people are just so desperate to be a part of a faith community that... They're like, okay, what? Like you're you're welcoming me when the uh, Roman Catholic Church wouldn't, when other uh, Catholic uh, factions wouldn't, and so uh, he's very because he's such an omnipresent figure on social media that that's how he he's, he's a, a seducer. He's a seducer that falls under the charismatic personality who takes advantage of other people to yeah, no, I think. Up. And will say what needs to be said in order to make himself elevated, such as various personalities in history. I could have not have said it better thing. myself. That is that is precisely accurate. <laughs> you know where I learned that? The book The Art of Seduction, written by Robert Greene. And it dissects various personal different types of personalities, and you can use that power for good mm-hmm. or for evil. And then it lists examples in history of people that have used those traits for good or for evil donald trump falls in that category adolf hitler falls in that category any dictator throughout history for the most part can fall under that category but the only problem is is that you can only pull that for so long before the masses become yep uh, agitated and as a result, you are overthrown yeah. or assassinated. <laughs> Hopefully it's the former for this. No, no. It's I, true. I think, I think that that is probably the most apt um, description of, yeah. It's true. Historical leaders. But also JFK was falls in that category. However, he, uh, unless there's things that we don't know about, for the most part, he's seen as somebody who is a very positive influence. But oh, he also falls under that charismatic category. But you should definitely check yeah. that book out. It's very, very interesting. But it all goes back to uh, you just you can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid. <laughs>